1: What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It is me, your man MG Marcus Grant, happy with you for another. What day okay, is this? It's Thursday, right? It's Thursday in my world. Anyway. As always, producer Christina is behind the glass. Christina, how are you today?
0: Pretty good, how are you?
1: Doing well, thank you. Uh, any big plans for the weekend?
0: Uh not yet. Not yet. Figuring I, it out. Right,
1: right. I'm sure some of it probably involves I would guess watching some football since Oh, was, of course. There will be plenty of it this weekend. You know, I don't think I've ever asked you what do you what who is your team?
2: Are we talking NFL?
1: NFL team, yes.
2: Steelers, all okay. the way.
1: Okay, okay, because I mean, I know otherwise you are Kentucky. Through yes, and through. all the way. You were you were Wildcats through and through, so I know that. Of course. But I didn't I didn't know who your your NFL squad was. All right, so you were a a Steelers fan. All right, that's good to know. Well, joining me on this side of the glass, uh, a man that I am excited to have here in the studio. Uh, we I, I had the honor and the pleasure and the good fortune to be on his podcast uh, just the day before for their fantasy extravaganza, and so now this is. Part 2 of our ambitious crossover <laughs> event. It is uh Dan Hansis from around the NFL. How are you, man? Marcus Grant, thank you for having me. I'm home and home. Home and home, man. God, I
3: got to love a home and it's home. It's great.
1: So I'm uh, I'm excited to have you here. We will uh we will certainly talk the Jets cuz I, I can't have you in here and not talk about the no, that's that's what I am the, I've accepted jet- it. Yeah, the Jetropolitans. Uh we'll talk some AFC East as well. Plus I want to get your your thoughts on Hard Knocks because you are you are a resident Hard Knocks reviewer here. Uh, you do those those reviews every week when the the show comes out. So I want to get your thoughts on on this Hard Knocks and on just some Hard Knocks, perhaps, of the past. Also, we'll talk to Denny Carter, one of my favorite people on Twitter, the co-host of the Living the Stream podcast, also a contributor at four for four, we'll get his thoughts uh, on a lot of things, including kickers. Denny is uh, kind of Twitter's resident kicker expert when it comes to fantasy football. Is he really? He really is. Actually,
3: because, uh, listeners of our podcast, the Around the NFL podcast, know that I'm obsessed with kickers. Okay, I'm like all in on kickers. Oh, right? you'll have to you'll
1: have to check this okay, out because Denny so. Denny is uh, is very good at that. So uh, right, we'll get his thoughts on that as you well. You're going to talk Aguayo. Talk uh, Aguayo. Well, we'll definitely talk some right, Aguayo. Good. We'll have to talk some some Roberto Aguayo that yeah. way. Uh, but first. Let's do some news. Let's do the news. All right. We will start in Seattle. Rashad Penny. Has had surgery on his finger, and that was a fetching robot, by the way. Thank you, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, i say, this this thing that thing has been polarizing. Some people <laughs> love it, some people hate it. But I I was uh I appreciate the reviews. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Pete Carroll said that the surgery went beautifully. Which I'm I'm waiting for the day that a coach or player says that the surgery was a disaster and everything went horribly. But uh, this one on Rashad Penny went beautifully. Expected to keep him out a few weeks, although there's talk that he could be back for week one. Right now, Penny in a battle with Chris Carson for that starting running back job. So, I mean, Dan, I look at this, this running back room in Seattle, and it has been a mess ever since Marshawn Lynch left. And I, you know, as much as I want to believe in Chris Carson, I feel like it's still going to be a mess when we get to week one this year. Yeah, it almost feels like
3: a curse or, or something. Ever since Beast Mode left, there, there's been this revolving door, and there's always – and especially, obviously, this time of year because that's how hope season works. But there's always somebody that looks like the next thing, mm-hmm. and then something happens. It's 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 like that uh, the Brady Bunch where they go to Hawaii, right? And the, and and the, the medallion, the, the, was, I- the idol, the little uh, is the, that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. uh, good updated pop culture ref. But like <laughs> um, the only guy that really that I could ever remember actually getting excited about, and you. Will probably have a better memory than me, but is when Thomas Rawls, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember he was on my fantasy team that year, uh, when he was going nuts, and then he breaks his leg, and it's just been a revolving door. And maybe Penny's the guy, but now he gets sidelined with a finger issue, and, and maybe Carson's the guy. But yeah, you're right. It just seems like something is off there in Seattle in that backfield.
1: Yeah, I, who knows what's going to be. Right now, people are really still holding on from a fantasy perspective of Penny being the guy, and, and he's being drafted. Two or three rounds ahead of Chris Carson, but everything keeps saying Carson's gonna be that guy. And so I don't know. It, it it's sort of breaking my brain that, that people <laughs> like, people keep like drafting Penny first, but all the news points to Carson. I don't know. Doesn't
3: if from a fantasy standpoint, doesn't it make sense to kind of just stay away from the Seahawks or
1: It kind of does. Um, but if you're gonna pick a guy, I don't know. I think I'd pick the guy that seems to be getting more touches at a lower draft price. Yeah. That's just me. Makes sense. Whatever. Uh, More finger news. Uh, Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker suffers a broken finger. He's described as week to week, and he, like Rashad Penny, is hoping to be ready for the season opener. There's not a lot of clarity in the the wide receivers down there in Miami. Albert Wilson's getting some love. Danny Amendola's down there. Kenny Stills is a guy that people seem to like. As for Devontae Parker, I know for for us fantasy folks, this is the umpteenth year in a row that the Devontae Parker – Breakout is supposed to happen. Um, I'm sort of over it, and, yeah. and as a guy, as you being a guy who cheers for a team in the AFC East, I just there's not much to get excited about with this Dolphins offense. No, and
3: you know you can point to how Tannehill uh, and Gase worked together a couple of years ago before the ACL, but the, the weapons. You know, you can get excited about Drake in the backfield. But Parker, I mean, that's a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. That I don't know if he's even on the team uh, anymore If he uh, without that draft standing. Probably not, actually. Last year, I don't even think he had a 100-yard game. Uh, he doesn't find the end zone. And apparently, I don't think he was having a good camp before this
1: injury happened. Uh, he could be in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a weird thing that I think we've all started to notice. First-round wide receivers the last few years, have not been great. Guys getting drafted in the first round. Have yeah. not, you know, we go back to, what, 2014, we have the the OBJ class, and those guys were great. Since then, the last few first-round wide receivers have not really panned out. It was um, the Treadwell draft, or it was three in a row. Right, and, uh, and that didn't work. And, like, I think the, the best guy from that draft was, what, Michael Thomas, I think, who <laughs> was, like, a second-round guy. Um, it's just – it's been strange. It's the a, Corey, Corey Coleman went before any of those guys. Right. And oh my now he's he's yeah. not even on the team that drafted
3: him anymore. Yeah. So. I wonder what it is. I, 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 you would think that with certain positions it's harder to judge whether they'll translate – at the next level than others. I would think wide receiver would be less
1: of a gamble. Seems a little easier, right? I mean, you know, running backs, quarterbacks, that seems hard. Wide receivers doesn't seem quite so hard. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger is in concussion protocol after taking a hit in practice. Uh, He's out, by the way. Oh, he's out now. He's now now out of concussion uh, protocol. Well, that's good, I guess. I I still don't think – we're not going to see much of him before. Maybe we see a little bit in in week three of the preseason, but I can't imagine Mike Tomlin's going to run him out there too much at this point. What's the point? I mean – What is the point when you are?
3: (laughs) You've been in the league since 2004. Uh, I thought uh, speaking of the Jets, Josh McCown last year they were trying to see if Christian uh, Hackenberg could Mm -hmm. actually make a difference, so they played him a ton in the second and third preseason games. I think McCown played maybe played a snap or a series in the preseason. Uh, and they threw him out there week one, and he had a really good season. Uh, Roethlisberger, I would think, is a, at this stage. Why even put him out there? He's gonna right. be fine. Just keep his body straight.
1: Right, and and I, you know, we see that I think with a lot of the Steelers. I mean, we know Lev Bell is is still you know staying away. Roethlisberger's probably not going to play. Antonio Brown probably won't play if he does. It's very very sparingly. Um, so. Get ready for the Mason Rudolph show. (laughs) Yes. I mean,
3: it's not (laughs) going to be an exciting. This is on on, uh, the ATN pod. I I had a uh, commentary about my continued annual issue with the NFL and the teams charging the same amount of price. When you buy Mm. season tickets, you're paying full price for the preseason tickets. I think most, if not all teams do that. Don't tell me Steelers fans should be paying a full price ticket in the preseason to see Nobody to right. see either practice, practice squad guys, a lot of backups, occasionally a starter.
1: Ugh. Yeah, no, I I a hundred percent agree with that. I just, you know, I, some discount them, make them half price something. I know. And we live here in Los Angeles where not only are Rams tickets full price, but they charge full price for parking at the Coliseum, which is like 50 or something. You know? <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's, I'm just going to get to every, every once in a while, Marcus, I'm going to
3: just, cause my draft's coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm okay. just going to throw a couple of things out there. And, sure. Uh, So the Steelers with Big Ben, Mm -hmm. Lev Bell, Antonio Brown, Juju, these guys are all type of dudes you want to gravitate toward, Absolutely. They're pretty locked in, you'd
1: think. Lev Bell is probably going to be the the number one or two uh, overall pick in a lot of leagues. Antonio Brown is is a first-round guy in a lot of leagues. Uh, Juju's right now probably a fourth-round guy with a lot of upside there. Ben, I think the last couple years we've been down on Ben, but... Overall, he's a guy that, you know, maybe you're not starting him every week, but you're starting him often enough that he's warranted, you know, being a a top 10 or 12 quarterback off the board. How much do you think people should put in offensive coordinator
3: changes into their draft strategies? Like, for instance, I'm still annoyed by Matt Ryan's fantasy season last year. Uh, (laughs) And a lot of people, including Jalen Ramsey, uh, will point to the departure of Kyle Shanahan as the reason why Matt Ryan was no longer an MVP-level player or producer last year. I guess it's something to
1: think about with the Steelers, with uh, um, uh, Todd Haley now in Cleveland? A little bit, although I, I would think that with the group that they have, those guys you mentioned, they're they're so veteran, and they've been working together for so long. Those guys don't concern me. With the Falcons – Maybe this is my USC bitterness coming out, but <laughs> having watched Steve Sarkeesian run that offense for the Trojans at the Coliseum, uh, a lot of us that that bleed Cardinal and Gold weren't surprised to see the the, the Falcons take a step back last year. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so we'll see. But you know, I, I think it means more for younger players than it does for veteran guys. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would. Todd Haley's having a nice hard uh, knock. Having a nice hard knocks. So hard 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 knocks hard absolutely. Hard knocks. Uh, last bit of news. Uh, Carson Wentz says it's going to be close whether or not he's ready for week one he says his knee feels good we'll see what happens there uh you know, i think for the, the eagles they would like to avoid putting him on the pup list if they can of course if he can't start nick Foles is waiting in the wings i mean nice wings. thanks I like that. yeah the eagles i like yeah. that um how much I mean, are you worried about Carson Wentz? And if not, I mean, I guess we can have faith in Nick Foles, right? Of course we can. I this is
3: starting <laughs> this is officially on my radar now that uh there's there's hand wringing about uh Carson Wentz in week one. We don't need Carson Wentz back week <laughs> one. We have proof, indisputable proof that the backup quarterback, Nick Foles, who you probably could have traded, let's face it, right. for a second or third round pick. Maybe a sucker takes a first round pick coming off Super Bowl MVP. This is why you didn't trade him, because you had somebody that could give you cover. Do not put the franchise out there, even if it's like, it's going to be close. Dude, put him in week three. Right. Give Foles two starts. You're probably going to split at the worst. Maybe even go 2-0 and if he keeps playing well. I don't understand why people, and I get it, this is part of the... Uh, the football cognoscenti has to talk about these things, but like, just come on, Eagles. I think they'll make the right move.
1: I don't think Wentz is starting Week One. I also think if you're the Eagles, the pressure is off to win a Super Bowl. Like you got your, you finally got your title, and I, I know that they're impatient and the fans there want more, but the pressure's kind of off, right? I guess I don't know the feeling. I, I, I,
3: uh, yeah, I I've never, my fair. team's never even been to the Super Bowl, <laughs> so it's like I don't know. But I feel like if you try to put yourself in their shoes. They might have a different outlook, but you're right. They are playing with
1: house money to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see what happens. If you are looking to draft Carson Wentz, just know, make sure you get yourself another option that could potentially get you through the first couple weeks of the season just in case he's not there. So there it is. That's pretty much everything you need to know. was the news. look there is nothing better than having a tailored suit i say every grown man should get at least one tailored suit indochino is the largest custom apparel company featured in major publications including gq forbes and fast company they make suits and shirts made to your exact measurements for a great fit Guys love the wide selection of high-quality fabrics and the option to personalize all the details, including the lapel, jacket lining, monogram, and much more. Look, here's how it works. Just pick your fabric, choose your customizations, submit your measurements, place your order, and wait for it to arrive in three weeks or less. You can shop online at Indochino.com or visit any of their showrooms across North America. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 at Indochino.com when you enter the code LIVE at checkout. That's over 50% off the regular price for a premium made-to-measure suit. Come on, it's a great deal. Plus, shipping is free. Again, that's Indochino.com. Promo live to get any premium suit for just 379 plus free shipping. All right, now, of course, as I mentioned, we've got Dan Hansis in the building. Glad to have him as we continue our ambitious uh, ATN NFL Fantasy Live podcast crossover. I mean, this is this is sort of like the NFL media's version of like Infinity Wars, you know? Like, this is this is it, we're bringing everybody together, and hopefully, you know, half Where's of us. Damaschek? Let's get
3: really right, let's with really this. get
1: Damashek. We can get DJ and Bucky in here for Move the Sticks. We'll just do a nah, whole, we don't need that. all right, maybe not them. <laughs> so, hopefully, we don't get Thanos. Then somebody snaps their fingers and half of us go away, but <laughs> spoiler alert, uh, yeah. So, wanted to talk to you. So, last year. Several of us in the building, most of us in the fantasy community, kind of was on this whole, you know, never Jets thing, right? That everything looks bad. <laughs> yes. This time last year there was talk that the Jets could be 0 and 16, that they'd be awful. And and so we were on this whole like never Jets, we're not drafting any guys and, you know, some of us had to sort of eat crow. Uh, I remember uh, Manish Mehta calling me out specifically on Twitter about my <laughs> never jet stance, and uh, I had to sort of own up to that because, you know, like Josh McCown played well. We saw Robbie Anderson play well. It just it turned up to be... It wasn't
3: that bad a uh, advice to people that play fantasy. No, McCown was a a, a decent fantasy option. Right, Robbie Anderson in the f- especially the first three quarters of the season, was a, a, a legitimately solid option. Right, but it's not like you like led people astray.
1: True. True. But, uh, Calm down, yeah. Manish, is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he and I have patched it up. We're okay. all good now. So, But this year, now, because of last year, there's there's hope. There's excitement. And and so it all starts at the quarterback position where I just have to ask, Sam Darnold, great quarterback or greatest quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I, it's good that I'm talking to a USC guy. Uh, you have a better idea of it than me. You saw more. But I can tell you that um, – it was so exciting. The one thing last summer with uh, Never Jets and the 0-16 talk, and I remember speaking of Move the Sticks, a tweet that really uh, would stick to your ribs as a Jets fan that he looked at that roster. Uh, and either he said it or uh, uh, someone that he knew in the industry said it was one of the poorest from a talent standpoint he's seen in the last 10 years. I mean, there was the one thing a team and an organization cannot do to a fan base is take away hope. Mm -hmm. And last year as a jet fan, there was no hope. There was nothing to look excited, uh, look forward to. And I, um, that's why I, I, on Twitter and on the podcast, I was talking about the scam for Sam and that's nothing new. People do that. There was the suck for luck campaign and insert so many more. But when that's the only thing you have to really look forward to, (laughs) it's such an annoying, bad feeling because why do we watch sports to have fun so now you fast forward to the present. somehow even though we went 5-11 and we got Darnold who I still think could be the best guy of this group and there's excitement I mean I don't know if he's the great I don't know if he's the greatest he might end up being uh Mark Sanchez I mean he could be worse <laughs> than Mark Sanchez there's no way but there's excitement and hope in that first game uh the first preseason game, I thought he looked really sharp and looked completely under control. This is the youngest quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot to be excited about, I think. And I think uh, we're taping this, obviously, on Thursday uh, morning. By tonight, I think we're going to know whether he's starting week one uh, based on his performance
1: right. against the Redskins. The one thing, you know, having watched Darnold during his time at USC, the the thing that I think most fans will tell you is – there are times when he will make plays, and, and this happens with a lot of young quarterbacks. He will make plays that leave you scratching your head wondering what he's looking at. You know, the, the turnovers, the fumbles especially were frustrating. But then when all seems lost and the chips are down and you need a play, he will make a throw that will just blow your mind. And, <laughs> you know, and it's just and, – and you wonder why can't you bottle that and spread it across four quarters? Like why do we have to wait till the end? But the, the, the talent is there, the ability is there. And you know what? What we saw from him last week, I think, was was just a glimpse of what potentially is to come. But, what well, do you think? Do you think? Yes, you think he could be a star? I do, I do. And I think, I think if he can learn to just protect the football better, I think that was his biggest issue, uh, was ball security. And so, if he can learn to protect the football better, cut out some of those fumbles, um, yeah, I, th- I think Sp- he could be outstanding. And speaking of. What you say? The Crimson and gold? The uh, Cardinal and gold? Sorry.
3: Yes. <laughs> that job make. Uh Did you think Matt Leinert would be a star? I just need to check in on this to make sure.
2: Um,
1: I didn't think he – I thought he would be better than he turned out to be. I didn't think he'd be, like, a superstar Sanchez? in the NFL. No, I thought Sanchez needed to stay another year. Carson Palmer? I thought Palmer would be a huge star. Okay. Yeah, I did. I thought Palmer would be a just huge curious. star. Just um, curious. But I do want – so Teddy Bridgewater, though, is the other guy that people are talking about. And – I think, one, just as a fan of football, I think a lot of us just want to see Teddy come back and be successful. And so far, he's looked pretty good. So when you look at him, do you see, maybe not with the Jets, but has he done enough to earn a job somewhere in this league? I think he definitely has. And I think the the
3: for the Jets, the balancing act they have to pull off. And that's why I think Josh McCown could go belly up at some bar in Florham Park uh, <laughs> until week one because – Uh, we know who he is. Josh McCown is going to be the guy that you could trust to come in at a pinch and be a mentor and not cause any issues behind the scenes. Um, But what you really want to do is give Bridgewater enough of a stage and a platform uh, where you can make him a a really attractive trade option. I already think his value is uh, much higher than it was before free agency started. I think he's proven now to a certain extent that that knee is healthy, uh, and uh, he looked really good last week against the Falcons. So I think uh, what we're going to see for the rest of the preseason, or at least the next two weeks, and maybe Week Four becomes just an audition for him. Uh, he's going to get a lot of work, and I think there absolutely will be a team out there. Um, I keep on thinking about the Jaguars, and I know um, I know that uh, who do they have? That they have a Kessler yes. behind Bortles. Um, And Kessler played well last week. But I keep thinking that the Jaguars, a team that that, they're that close, if they could just have a guy that didn't turn the ball over, Mm -hmm. that made smart decisions, and and he makes so much sense for them, I think the Jets can get good value for Bridgewater. But uh, he's got to have the platform to prove to everyone that he's healthy and can make plays like he did in week
1: one. Right. And the reason I'm talking about Teddy Bridgewater, obviously he's not a guy that that fantasy people are drafting. But – Knowing that quarterbacks go down at a pretty high rate across the NFL, if you're number two somewhere in this league, there's a good chance you're going to play and you're going to maybe start Mm -hmm. a game just because that's just kind of the way quarterbacks work. So it'll be interesting to see if Teddy gets a shot somewhere um, again, just as a fan, it would be great to see him back on the field and being successful. But, you know, he, he could be a name to keep in your back pocket if, if things, uh, you know. He would sideways. make a lot of sense
3: for the Patriots, too, who have a 41-year-old quarterback. But that trade right? will never happen.
1: It'll never, ever happen. Ever make pastrami at home? What about smoked salmon? Maybe some slab bacon or duck confit? Look, it's all easy to make all that and more right at home with Jules Sous-Vide. Joule makes it easy to try cooking new recipes and cuts of meat at home because, look, there's zero guesswork and your food is never under or overcooked. Jewel heats food to the exact right temperature and holds it there. It's beef, poultry, pork, seafood, veggies, desserts. I mean, it does practically everything, and it all comes out exactly the way you like it. Jewel makes a great companion to your grill or smoker. It separates the cooking step from the finishing step. So meats come out perfectly tender and juicy on the inside, but they get that charred, crispy bark on the outside, just like you want it. And it's easy to prepare these new recipes for a crowd. If it fits in a large cooler, you can cook it with Joule. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash Joule and use the code FANTASY to get $15 off for a limited time. That's chefsteps.com slash J O U L E, code FANTASY, Joule. Perfect food every time. So now we know about the guys throwing the football. The question becomes, who are they throwing the ball to? Because you, you look at the wide receivers and the pass catchers in general. I mean, our Darius Stewart already has a two-game suspension. Uh, Chris Herndon, the tight end, possibly going to be suspended. Robbie Anderson could possibly be suspended. I guess Quincy Noon is back. But, I mean, Sam Darnold can be the greatest quarterback ever. But if there's nobody catching the ball, what, what's going to matter there? I don't want to say he never Jets again this year, <laughs> but I
3: I do think I actually think their wide receiver group is better than they're getting credit for. I don't think they're necessarily a dynamic group, but or some you know a fantasy goldmine. But mm-hmm. I think Jermaine Curse is a very steady guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Anunwa, and we have to see if he's he- healthy. It was a neck injury that caused him to miss last year. He has a thumb issue that he's dealing with this year, so that's kept him off the field. But he was legitimately a really strong kind of. H-back, a guy, that a big target that makes plays over the middle. He's a guy to keep an eye on, I think, at the back end of of drafts, I would think. Um, And then Terrell Pryor is kind of like the complete mystery. I, I don't know if the fantasy community has given up on Terrell Pryor, but I feel like I wouldn't just yet. I know the Washington... Season was a mess, and apparently all the Redskins players hate him. <laughs> right. So I don't, everybody seems to hate Terrell Pryor. That's my but, question. Is,
1: what, what, what is it about Terrell Pryor that we don't know that people just seem to hate him so much? I don't know, and it's
3: like the great mystery. I talked to a a very high up uh, NFL insider a couple of years ago when he was still with the Browns, and mm. there was, you know, was, he was having a 1,000 yard season, and, uh, and everyone was like, the Browns are obviously going to resign him, and then the Browns didn't. And it was like, why wouldn't the Browns resign Terrell Pryor? And it was just like, uh, they just don't like them. Apparently. They don't like them, and that just that continues to carry over. But the point I was getting to, the wide receiver group, not so bad. The quarterback group, for once with the Jets, can actually do some things. But watch out for the offensive line, which right now is trending towards a potential disaster scenario. They're dealing with injuries. They don't have a lot of talent there to start with. And you do not want to have any wide receiver when there's a rookie quarterback learning on the job at 21 <laughs> and a a free pass for defensive linemen right. all season. Uh, that's uh, that's a
1: ticket for an injury and turnovers and all the bad stuff. Well, the good news is that Darnold is at least mobile. I mean, yes. gonna, no one's going to confuse him with Lamar Jackson, but he can at least extend plays and get out of trouble when you need him to. Um, are the Jets still punting on tight ends? Like It's been a long time since they have had a tight end of note there. Yeah,
3: I, they they like um, Herndon a lot. They, they seem to think that he's a guy that could d- develop for him, at least in camp, and who knows if that's just camp talk. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's been making plays for them. But I know it really, the last time uh, her, the buzz that Herndon's been getting, is the la- last time I heard any tight end on the Jets get this type of buzz, you have to go back to Dustin Keller, who was actually a very good tight end. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to the Dolphins and shredded his knee and never played again, unfortunately. But uh, – yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh and anybody that thought Austin Safarian Jenkins was a, a a bad guy to lose. Look at his like yards per catch. Right. He he was a nice story, but I didn't have an issue with them moving on from him, but I felt like
1: he had a a couple of nice games early, and everybody got kind of hyped, and then it just sort of went away, Uh, and then he went away down to Jacksonville. I feel like he
3: set the record for
1: one-yard catches last year. (laughs) It's hard to have one-yard catches, and I feel like he had at least 27 of them. Especially in a league with Jarvis Landry. It uh, really is hard. Uh, And then running back. So, Isaiah Crowell right now looks sort of like he's in the lead there, but Bilal Powell is kind of – Bilal Powell's just been hanging around there for the last couple years, and and I feel like he's doing good work, but he never seems to get that that primary role there. I know Elijah Maguire is potentially a threat when healthy. Try to help me make some sense of this backfield right now. I think Billy
3: Powell is a, a really nice running back to have on your roster. I don't know if he's a good uh, fantasy running back to have on your roster, uh, but he's a good change of pace guy. He's getting up there uh, in age. I think mm-hmm. he's 30 now. but. Um, Other than that, the way most people feel about the Jets' wide receivers in terms of, like, the general blah uh, 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 viewpoint on them Mm -hmm. is kind of how I feel about their running back group. Uh, Crowell, I don't know. It's like whatever. Right. Uh, Powell is a nice change of pace. Thomas Rawls, as I brought up earlier, he's he's never been the same after that broken leg, so we'll see. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if there's much there that you want to – Surface from a fantasy standpoint.
1: Yeah, I mean, Powell is a guy who I think gets more love in PPR leagues because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And, uh, yeah, he will turn 30 uh, just a few days before Halloween. So, yeah, he's uh, he's getting up there a little bit. Uh, moving outside the Jets and looking at the rest of the AFC East, um, you have been the – I won't say proponent but you have been you know proposing the idea that you know Tom Brady like most quarterbacks gradual decline <laughs> I had a I had a I had a parachute out you, on that one Did you pull one. the shoot on that one I pulled the shoot I
3: this was uh, two years ago, okay. so since then he's thrown roughly 80 touchdowns, <laughs> and six interceptions, uh, been to two Super Bowls, won one, uh, and won a league MVP award. So I kind of bailed on the hashtag gradual decline, but uh,
1: eventually I'll be right. Right. I, so I'm going to say, because like, I feel like maybe this year, right, and he... he He's not going to have Julian Edelman for the first four games after missing all of last season. He's breaking in a whole bunch of of new wide receivers. He's got Gronk, who you know has been making noises about potentially retiring because of mostly injuries grunts. piling up. Mostly grunts. Because yeah. of the injuries piling up. I mean, maybe maybe this is the year? Could it, could it be? <laughs> I honestly
3: don't think so, and maybe uh, my instincts have been so wrong on this. This will be the uh, time it does happen. But uh, the last game he played – He threw for over 500 yards and absolutely shredded a good Eagles defense. But he also dropped a wide-open pass. He did. Not a great wide receiver, (laughs) and I don't think in your fantasy drafts you want to target him from that standpoint. But, like, yeah, like, I all all seriousness, I'm just now assuming, and I think every fan in the AFC East that doesn't root for the Patriots should be the same way, just assume he's going to continue to be great. The thing is – He's probably, and you hate to say this, even as someone that despises the throne of sleaze, (laughs) um, he's eventually probably going to get hurt because he he is moving really well um, in terms of his ability. He has unrivaled feel in the pocket and things like that. But he's still never been fleet of foot. And, you know, once you get older, it's just a matter of time before you take a bad hit. Brett Favre even got Brett Favre. I mean. It, is he eventually – is it going to be a situation when he gets an injury that messes up his season? Because I've, I've gotten to the point where just expecting
1: um, his, biologically him to go into decline, I'm out on that. Okay. I just assume it's not going to happen. I mean, so the my, my other argument is you know, everybody's talking about the TB12 and, and his training regimen except, like, the photos we saw this summer, he had dad bod. <laughs> he had, like, legit dad bod, right? Well, it
3: wasn't, like, the tightest bod. I, I have to agree with you on that one. But I think that goes back to uh, – what's the trainer's uh, name? Uh, Alex Guerrero. Yeah, Guerrero. Um, their whole thing is all about, like, pliability and not it's not about muscle mass. So I, I have a feeling that that probably might explain why it's not in the most impressive body, but maybe incre- being increasingly limber. Is what he's going for. I mean,
1: I guess. If I have to give up all these different kind of foods and eat, like, avocado ice cream, like, I want to at least look ripped by it. Like, I <laughs> yeah, don't want to have to look, like, you know, I don't want to look like... I would me. take
3: Tom Brady's uh, dad bod, though. That's true. I would sign up for it in a minute.
1: Very true. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about Devontae Parker and sort of the Dolphins, but, you know, th- there's been all this talk for years about Adam Gase being this offensive genius. Uh, I have yet to see it. So tell me why <laughs> I should believe in the Dolphins offense at all. It's hard, it's hard to really get excited
3: about the Dolphins I did a mailbag a couple weeks ago where a Dolphins fan was like give me any reason for hope and the only reason I could give any hope was there's not a lot of good teams in the AFC Mm -hmm. so it's like if you could just be a team that wins nine games uh, you are going to be in the mix and I think the Dolphins have a chance to be in the mix but the the problem with them with them is that they're uh, again you can get excited about Kenny and Drake but like what is, like, what is their strength? Mm-hmm. What are they great at? And, and when you remove impact players like and Sue and Jarvis Landry, uh, it doesn't fill me with hope that they're going to be a, a dynamic team on either side of the ball. So I think they're just going to be just another team. Right. But that might be enough to hang
1: around and be playing meaningful football in mid-December. Probably. I, you know, I, I kind of bought in a little bit on Kenyon Drake. People keep trying to sell me on Kenny Stills, and I just I can't get in, into that one. I still think... You know, I say it all the time. I say it like on Twitter especially. The year is 2048. You know, we are trying to figure out who our next president is going to be. And still, uh, Frank Gore will be an RB2. <laughs> it's amazing. Frank Gore <laughs> yeah. is on the dollar. It just uh, uh, seems like a strange fit to me. Like,
3: how, how much are you in as – the fantasy expert, the last man standing in the building, the Kaiser Soze (laughs) people are saying now that Marcus Grant has uh, just in a calculated way just picked off all of his best friends for Mm -hmm. career reasons. Right. Very grim stuff but also kind of (laughs) impressive. Um, But now that you are the last fantasy man standing, are you all the way in on Kenyon Drake? Because a lot of people seem to be, and Dolphins Uh, fans are.
1: uh, I am mostly in on Kenyon Drake. I won't say all the way. I guess I'd I'd gauge it at about – 85% 85% in on Kenyon Drake. And I just know that because there's a long list of running backs whose careers are littered behind Frank Gore. You know, there are so many years. You think Gore can end up being the lead dog I don't think there. he'll be the lead dog, but Whoa. I think he will do just enough to kind of eat away at mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake's fantasy value. You know, like he will do just enough so that Drake is just sort of meh instead of being, you know, this you know, big-time breakout running back. All right, let's do the over-under then. Okay. Uh, touches. Two ten. Uh, I will go over slightly. I'll give him two twenty. Total yards, twelve hundred. Under. Touchdowns, seven and a half. Under. Okay, I'm putting him at
3: six. So you think he could be a nice, uh, a nice acquisition for your team, but right. not like a uh, like a guy that brings you home a trophy. Right.
1: I mean, also let's, let's be real. I mean, what has Ryan Tannehill done at quarterback to make anybody excited? It's fair. It went to the point that last year. They added Jay Cutler out of retirement, and the talk was, "That's kind of a lateral move." (laughs) It's fair. It's fair. It's even the even the Dolphins' truthers
3: that point to how great Tannehill was playing before he hurt his knee. You cannot dismiss that that was almost two years ago. Right. Exactly.
1: Uh, And then this one. Um, why are the Buffalo Bills? Just like I, I mean, I don't know how else to phrase it other than that. Like. Uh, I feel like the
3: the Bills are like and Jets fans. We kind of have a um, understanding of each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. That we're both kind of sad and sometimes forgotten. So I don't want to pile on the Bills and 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 also they play. They were in the playoffs last year. Right. But has ever team has any team ever uh, ended a playoff drought or had just a, a playoff season and
1: then entered the following season with lower expectations? It's been a while. I mean, I'm sure if we dig through history, we could probably find one, but. This is, I mean, there's LaShawn McCoy who is kind of getting up there in age, Mm -hmm. um, and you know has some has some off-field concerns that he's got to deal with. You could say that. Uh, And then there's, you know, there there are question marks everywhere. I mean, you know, Kelvin Benjamin doesn't excite people. They traded for Corey Coleman, who who you know flamed out sort of publicly on hard knocks. (laughs) Um, You know, they're trying to right now. We're as we sit here and talk. The lead in the quarterback room is Nathan Peterman, who last time we saw him threw five interceptions in one half of football. I mean, there's there's just not much. And I'm, look, I know our our pal Patrick Crawley, who who sits downstairs and and does programming, does a great job. I know he's a big Bills fan. So I'm sorry, Patrick, but it's just it's bleak right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to get excited
3: about the Bills, you can point to Allen's upside, which if you watched the preseason opener, it's undeniable that the dude has a cannon, right? Uh, it's just a matter of whether he, that can be harnessed and, and he can be a guy uh, that can put it all together. Jalen Ramsey, who again shredded three quarters of the league in <laughs> GQ uh, this week, uh, completely dismissed Allen as being any type of talent. Uh, you could, you know, everyone make th- their decisions on whether Jalen Ramsey should be taken seriously, but it, it, it Feels like a not, maybe the riskiest pick in that first round, and uh, and the Bills just need that to go the right way because if it doesn't, they could be the dregs of the NFL
1: for several years. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I don't know, it's it's questionable. I I want to find some hope there fantasy wise. I'm just I'm struggling to find it. But uh, never can... Bills is that what's happening here? Ah, uh, yeah, so, for me actually, it might be never Bills because I'm I'm sort of off the LaShawn McCoy train. Why so do I, you wanna, I might be uh, Wes, Wes on our uh, part one of our home and home. Was
3: making the point draft guys that you want to root for and and you know it's supposed to be fun. I don't want LeSean
1: McCoy on my team. I don't want LeSean McCoy on my team. I just don't. So I. I Somebody I, else can root for that guy. I, I literally might be uh, might be never Bills. So uh, yeah. <laughs> you will be interested. <laughs> the wait is almost over. It's almost football season again. That means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or more easy to play. If you are not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the place for you to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. If you don't believe us, let me tell you this. This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. It's the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You just pick one team to win each week. You can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This contest locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up today. To get into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, all you got to do, go to fanduel.com slash fantasy live. That's fanduel.com slash fantasy live. And if you're a new user, you get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Come on and play now at fanduel.com slash fantasy live. Uh, anyway, that's our look at the AFC Don't go in the East. Bill's parking lot. Though, I that, know, right? You start this hashtag. <laughs> that is – I know. Take a suplex through a table on fire. Be, what do they have against folding <laughs> tables there in Buffalo? Like, I have no idea what they have against plastic <laughs> folding tables. It's a loving homage, I think, Apparently, to the wrestling industry. It, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's our look at the AFC East. Want to go to the phones now? Talking to Danny Carter, runs Draft Day Consultants, also the co-host of Living the Stream. Okay, you are – maybe the biggest resident kicker fantasy expert on Twitter. Um, you know, I, so it's funny. So a couple of weeks ago I had Jake Seeley, who is anti-kickers in every way, shape, or form. You are maybe the most pro-kicker person uh, on Twitter. And I know one of the arguments against kickers is that they are unpredictable, that they're hard to figure out. You say the opposite, that they are the most predictable of all the fantasy positions. Explain why you say that.
2: Yeah. Uh, besides quarterback, uh, you know, there there have been uh, a lot of a lot of great research by uh, uh, Chris Rabon and T.J. Hernandez from Four for Four uh, that that show that they, they, the kicker position is um, is way more predictable than uh, say tight end. I mean, for instance, tight end is the least predictable position. If if we're if we're getting rid of positions in fantasy, we need to start with tight end, I, you know, <laughs> abolish tight end in 2018. That, 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 that's that's my uh, my call.
1: <laughs> um, okay, so then as I was reading that and kind of going through, does that mean I'm a little bit crazy if I decide I want to fade, say, Steven Gaskowski early in the year? I mean, they, they start with Houston. They start with Jacksonville. I, I have questions about the Patriots offense. Maybe I'm overstating
2: it, but I feel like, all right, early on, maybe maybe I fade the ghost a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, Gostkowski and Matt Bryant and even Harrison Butker, because he was so good last year, uh, those guys are, are you're know, probably going to go several rounds earlier than you know than, than the final round kickers. And I think that there are plenty of final round kickers to be had who who have uh, just the same the same sort of potential as. Um, as guys who will go earlier so you know uh whoever wins the vikings job i think it will be a target of mine uh, along with adam venateri and uh, jake elliott from uh, from philadelphia uh
1: roberto aguayo and caleb sturgis are in a kicker competition which is a phrase i don't get to say very often uh in i was gonna say san diego before the chargers um I, you know I, for other than the fact that Aguayo was you know kind of became a punchline that year with Tampa Bay because he was so awful, I just feel like can we make a rule to avoid all Chargers kickers now just because they have had
2: such misfortune the last couple of years? It, it's it's really incredible, isn't it? I mean, it, the, the thing is, that the unfortunate thing is, is that you know when we when we talk about kicker in in fantasy, we talk about opportunity. You know, field goal attempts is, is what we're looking for, and the Chargers having a good offense. The last couple of years, they actually have provided kicker opportunity. Uh, um, so if if there's a, a stable, decent kicker in that in that spot for the Chargers, uh, he could be valuable for fantasy purposes. It's just that. We can't catch a break.
1: No, absolutely. So I don't know, we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, before I let you go, as always, I always like to ask my guests about their their pick of pop, the thing in pop culture currently that has caught their attention that they feel like they uh, need to share with everybody else. So curious, what uh, what has what are you digging on right now, Denny?
2: I am. Uh, uh, I love the movie. Uh, Sorry to bother you by Boots Riley. Mm-hmm. I uh, recommend that everybody go see that immediately, or possibly wait until it's available. On your various streaming devices, but uh, I think it's a movie that uh, everybody who works for a living can relate to, and it's a dark comedy that's kind of absurd in parts. But I think it, it works. It's it's extremely entertaining. It has a great message that I think is very relatable to everyday people.
1: You know, it's it's it was on my list of things. I'm not sure if it's still in theaters where I am, but I I was certainly interested. And and knowing, I knew Boots Riley from you know when he. Was starting out with the coup, you know, doing rap out of Oakland. So I, it was a movie that definitely caught my attention. I'm, I'm sad I didn't get to see it earlier, but I appreciate the, uh, the endorsement because that, that reinforces my idea to go, to want to yeah, go see it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Cool, man. Well, Denny, as always, I'm, I'm glad to have you on. I appreciate uh, you coming on. I, I, I love your work and uh, good stuff, man. Take care. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks to Denny Carter. Of course, uh, he does his work at Draft Day Consultants. Also, you can listen to him on the Living the Stream podcast. You can read him at 4 for 4. Plus, he's a published author. Go uh, and Google it. You find some of his- yeah, absolutely. He does a little bit of everything. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, Hard Knocks. We've had two episodes of Hard Knocks so far this season. Still have a couple more left to go. And one of the things that you and I talked about uh, on on your podcast was that you know every year we get these, as you call them the hype bunnies, the guys who we see on hard knocks and we kind of get excited about them. and especially fantasy wise, we kind of get we get fired up. um so I, I put down three guys on this list. I want to get your thoughts on how much of a a hard knocks bump some of these mm. guys can get. The first one is is Jarvis Landry, who you know inspired me to kind of do my own uh, hype video uh, about fantasy drafting and stuff like right. He uh, went in the, the wide receiver room, and he read them the riot act, basically, about being able to go out there and practice. We know Jarvis Landry's a good player. Uh, th- does Jarvis Landry – did he did he get a bump? Is he a next level now after his rant? <laughs> after the rant? I definitely don't think the rant plays into it. He
3: To me, watching the first two episodes of Hard Knocks, I feel about the same about Jarvis Landry. And, you know, four seasons, 400 career catches – He's not going to give you, like, a 1,800-yard season. Did he even have 1,000 last year? I don't think he did. I think it was, like, 1,000 for 980 or Uh, something.
1: 987. Yeah, Yeah. which is crazy.
3: But uh, I would sign up for that. Uh, I think Browns fans would sign up for 100 and 1,000 with, uh, you know, seven seven or eight touchdowns. I'm going to keep him flat right now with hard knocks. I don't give him a bump, especially off the speech.
1: Okay. Uh, David Njoku, who I've kind of wavered on him back in, you know, April – I was big. I thought this was the breakout season. Mm. Then, like, May or June, I was sort of like, ah, maybe it's not going to happen. And now I'm going to admit that, like, watching him do meditation and work on the jug machine (laughs) kind of has me sort of excited about David. I feel
3: like even more than the two touchdowns against the Giants in the preseason opener, uh, the catching the extra 30 balls on the jugs machine with John Dorsey uh, (laughs) stone-faced in a (laughs) folded chair staring at him, I believe that is what it will take to – and it's going to send him – to the next level. No, I guess I would say he's up. Hard knocks is giving him the bump, especially when after you get through a certain number of tight ends in fantasy leagues, you're at that second tier, which I guess right. he is. He's kind of like a, in a second, second tier, guy, tier. He's guy, like, yeah, I think a, a, a continued hard knocks um, bump could take him to the
1: top of that second tier. So I feel like he's going to end up going, Higher because of hard knocks. I do know, and I, I don't remember where I saw this, but I think somebody was kind of tracking and saying, fantasy wise, he's bumped up about 14 spots draft position wise. Uh, based, I'm sure a lot of it based on what we've seen on hard knocks and yeah. the preseason games. Like so. some people, like as uh, some people say, oh, because he just had
3: two touchdowns in a preseason game with two different quarterbacks. I say. It's because of the premium cable show that a small, tiny sliver of society watches. The very niche audience
1: (laughs) actually watches on a regular basis. The last one, uh, Baker Mayfield. And we haven't seen a ton of him on Hard Knocks just yet. I would imagine we'll see more. Um, But – you know, he, he's getting the pep talk from Hugh Jackson about coming in early and working out with Tyrod. Plus, you know, he got the the escort from the airport while poor Nick Chubb was just standing at baggage claim, like That's waiting for his good. stuff. Uh, I mean, he's already good the number one overall pick. Can, can, is it even possible for him to get a hard knocks uh, bump at this point?
3: I don't think so. And I think it actually, he might even be going down because of hard knocks, not because of anything he's done. But Tyrod Taylor just seems like a guy that is the perfect quarterback for Hugh Jackson right now because mm. all Hugh needs is some wins. Right, Hugh needs – if you can win, like, six or seven games, he somehow is going to come out of this and have a, a long run in Cleveland, I think. Uh, and by long, I mean, any head coach that makes it at least four seasons is a long run for me. Like, <laughs> he uh, – and I think if Taylor continues to be Tyrod Taylor, and it is Tyrod. his mo- There was some controversy that oh, – it Also, it's not Tyrod. It's not Tyrod. His own mother calls him Ty.
1: Okay, so then that, that so seems Mom settles the it. Right, that settles it. Mom settles the tie. Right. There you go. The okay. tie. I like no, that. That's
3: confusing. But, there you go.
1: <laughs> um, I think Tyrod
3: Taylor is going to be hard to take out of this lineup because I think the Browns are going to be better this year. And as long as they're winning, like if they're 4-4 four and four, mm-hmm. uh, at Halloween or whatever, like, aren't the Browns going to like keep riding with it if they're in the wild? Why one? wouldn't they? I mean, I know it's tempting and it's the number one pick, but if Tyrod Taylor is playing well and they're a 500 team midway through the season – I think they're gonna it might take longer for Baker Mayfield to get into action than we initially thought. Well I I
1: came into the season kind of predicting the Browns being six and ten, which I know doesn't sound exciting, but when you when you're one and thirty one in your last two seasons, right. six and ten's kind of kind of a big deal there. So uh, and I think, as you said, Hugh Jackson just needs some wins, and and Tyrod's the guy who needs can get dubs. you. He can get you some wins, you know. So Tyrod's
3: not going to take you to the Super Bowl, but Tyrod is going to make you relevant. As the Bills uh, showed the Bills last year, although that was a LaShawn McCoy show. Tyrod Taylor is a guy that you know will keep the ship steady, and the Browns right. need that.
1: Right, absolutely. Plus, the one thing I've gotten from Hard Knocks is that he just seems to be a really likable dude. You Seems know? to be. Seems to be yeah. a likable guy. So, uh, so okay, so now you are, as I mentioned, the the resident Hard Knocks guy here. You can read Dan Hansis' write-ups every single week after an episode of Hard Knocks airs. So uh, give me that drum loop, please. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. You've been doing this for a while. Give me your top five seasons of Hard Knocks. All right. Uh, bias
3: aside, the Jets and Rex Ryan will always be number one. Let's have a snack. Yeah, let's have a snack. Uh, number two, mm, I kind of, I have to say I really liked the second Bengal season. A little Ooh. upset there. Okay. For the James Harrison season with mm-hmm. all the uh, acupuncture in his back. Right. Um, the uh, last season with the Bucks, I, fe- I found entertaining. Okay. Uh, I liked, uh, no, I was going to say the Joe Feldman Dolphin season because I just like Joe Feldman picking up gum and then firing <laughs> chad johnson right uh but no i won't say that i'll say the the first raven season has to be in there because it was the first and i will throw out <sighs> excuse me <laughs> you fill out the last one for me because i'm right now.
1: i'm thinking of, let's go
3: mike smith's tevas <laughs> that was good or you could go with the Texans and J.J. J. Watt making a spectacle of J. J. himself. J.J. Watt, which Ooh, that's, enjoyable. that's a good one, too. Ryan Cushing is a bully. I will put that there in the back end of Brian the top Ryan Cushing well.
1: just uh, literally leaving it all on the field yeah. right, at some point. Ryan right. Mallett, oversleeping. Oversleeping, yeah. yeah. P- the Texans got to be in the top five. There we go. So those are your top five seasons of hard knocks per hard knocks. Expert. That was stressful. I never want to do that again. You know what? I think it might. I th- probably the drums that probably make <laughs> it a, you know, the ramp up the. Uh, like it was almost like they were approaching me. The, t- <laughs> the tension a little bit. So, hey, this has been fun. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've enjoyed it. This little crossover, is, uh, it was a good deal. Good time, man. So uh, that pretty much wraps it up for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Thanks to Danny Carter. Thanks to Dan Hanses. Thanks, as always, to producer Christina before you out of here. Rock steady, Aretha. We love you forever. We'll talk to the rest of you on Monday.
0: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep.
2: You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. I
0: oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah,
1: ski slopes. Let's
0: do it. Um, ten
1: girl
2: go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait!